The blessedness of the hour certainly continues to be a great one where on this Lord's Day morning, the 52nd one of this current calendar year, we've been blessed to gather today and to appreciate this time of offering our homage, our obeisance, our worship unto the God of heaven. We certainly are thankful that God has looked upon us and allowed us this time of gathering, and we're so thankful for the goodness He has shared in, in each of our directions as well. We come today to giving some thought to a question I might ask, what time is it? You might say 1045 a.m., or at least approximately that. But I would offer at least some other thoughts about the nature of the Word of God that might encourage us, challenge us, move us to think about not only this day, but also to give some appreciation to what may well lie in our future. What time is it? Isn't it amazing as you and I think about time that this first slide might well pose some questions or at least statements that you may well have heard many times in your life and maybe we've each made them at one time or another. I believe we'd all agree that time is a rather powerful fabric of the way in which you and I live from day to day. We, in fact, organize our life by way of a schedule. It's time to go to work, and there's our word time. Or maybe as you approach the end of the work day, you get excited, it's time to get off work. You get the idea, but note some of these other statements. Sometimes you and I might well make the statement when someone asks something of us, but I don't have time. Other times, we might well reflect upon, it's time for me to be going. Yet the others on that slide, doesn't time pass quickly? I'm sure we've each been mindful that as we seemingly age, it appears as if the years are much shorter. It appears as if things flow along a little bit more quickly. All of that maybe prompts us to close that slide like this. Time is something the Bible makes mention of many occasions. And why don't we at least use a little of our time this morning to think a little bit about that and help us as we make ready for not only the closing of this calendar year, but also the beginning of another one. This next slide will be one that helps us see that there are lots of timekeeping devices that surround us from day to day. Wristwatches, calendars, sundials, not to mention all of those that may be on the walls in our houses, and yet on our computers and our cell phones, there's constant timekeeping devices at our disposal so that we can keep up with it. Have you ever thought about it like this, though? Every single timekeeping device requires motion or movement in order to operate. If it's a grandfather clock, that movement's easy to see as the pendulum swings backward and forward. In the watches on your wrist and mine, though it might be harder to see, but there's nonetheless motion involved in the internal workings of that clock. What about the motion and the other things embedded in the Word of God? In Genesis chapter 1, notice how that time's a part of the opening declaration of that chapter. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Beginning? That has to do with, you see, the outset of time. The beginning, if you please, of it. In verse 14 of that chapter, we expressly read about the occurrence of years of time. Isn't it true then that it has been the will of God to embed in the fabric of His universe the nature of what you and I would recognize as time? But having said that, there's something on that slide that might at least be worthy of our immediate reflection. So time passes. It doesn't flow like a liquid. 
it is merely a way to designate and give consideration to the duration of an event. Something starts it, something stops it. We thus appreciate the passage of this which we have called time. But that being said, there might be something else to note. Time does not, and may I emphasize, time does not have creative power. Have you ever heard someone who's an evolutionist say, well, give me long enough time and life will evolve? That's sheer nonsense. Time has no creative power. Those like you and me who, in fact, live within it, you and I have the creative power. You and I can embed the forces of appreciation relative to what may transpire. But time by itself has no such creative power. No wonder in that lie, time doesn't exert forces either. That is to say, you and I are able to live and appreciate the passage of these moments which we designate as time. But the far greater questions are going to come later in the lesson today. Far more important questions than, is it time to go? You know, you and I know something about using time that way. But look at what the Bible has to say. In the opening five verses of Genesis chapter 1, we find God making reference to the first day. And here again, we have another time-keeping reference. God set forward this 24-hour period, and on that day He had fashioned and created light as well as the earth and other matters. And yet we notice that it says the evening and the morning were the first day, and thus that closed that interval of time. And day two then began. You and I notice immediately that our God orchestrated the presentation of time. You and I, in essence, our moments of our existence are tabulated this way. That time brings me to the second slide in which our usage will start to look at other ways the Bible encourages us to think about time. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 5, a wise man's heart discerneth the time. If you and I would be wise, if we literally would be wise, we need to appreciate the proper discernment, the understanding, that which goes with time. Here the wise man was able to say that that wise man will do this. That is to say, the person won't just fleetingly and trivially look upon time and give it no understanding. Isn't it true that those moments of our life will pass fleetingly by? How often the Word of God reminds us, our life is like a vapor, James 4.13. Our life is like a handbreadth, Psalm 39.5. Our life is like a post, we read in Job chapter 7. All of that helps us see that it'll pass quickly enough, and yet the wise man will discern it. There's a lot of people in our world who would try to insist of a certain way that you and I would look upon time. You and I need to allow the Word of God to provide for us the proper mindset to discern, and by way of wisdom to look upon it in the way that's proper, the way through the lens of God. As you can see further on that slide, there are many ways in which the Bible does refer to time by way of this physical thing. I thought I would mention only two of them because the critical part of our study will thus come thereafter. Don't you find it interesting in Song of Solomon 2 verse 12 that there we read about the time of the singing of the birds. 
my guess is we're all looking forward to that come about March and April. But you see, we appreciate the seasons as they pass and the understanding of this orchestration of the movement that you and I recognize as time. But that isn't the only one. I've asked you to notice Ezra 10, 13. There was a time of much rain. We had something like that about six or eight weeks ago, didn't we? And yet that has passed. More dryness has now come our way. And one more time we understand that there is this matter of, shall we say, the changing of seasons, matters of the weather. But the bottom of that slide points out this. What about the host of spiritual references in light of time. Now, Brother Lester mentioned earlier that this current calendar year, we've arrived at the 25th day of the 12th month. Just a few more days by the blessing of God, and this year will pass forever into history. Not one moment of it can be changed. Not one moment of it can be relived. Not one thing about it could ever be altered. It'll be set forever into the dust bins of history. And a new year will be before us. With all of its potential and possibility and all of the opportunities that await before us, for no doubt, many of us, we hope that things might be better in the next year. Maybe our health hasn't been what we would like. Maybe the circumstances that we otherwise have faced have brought challenges amassed. Maybe we hope next year will not be like that exactly. But isn't it true that in terms of time, look at some of the biblical references and maybe that will afford us a renewed appreciation of some things as well. In Psalm 37, verse number 39, the Lord is our strength in time of trouble. I hope that above all else, we are able in closeness and fidelity to rely upon the one in whom we've placed our trust and recognize that He shall be our help in that time of trouble. The next one goes right along with it in Jeremiah 14, 8. The Lord is our Savior in time of trouble. There is no greater trouble, of course, than that which comes about due to sin. The choices of our life which have not been good that we live in a way that's not as it ought to have been. And yet, even in those times, God, with a proverbial shedding of a tear, says, I love you. Look what I've done for you. I want more than anything else for you to be with me. And He lets us, hopefully with earnestness, respond and reply to that in a heart way of thanksgiving. The next one is this one, and oh, how noteworthy it is. Our Savior spoke about this in Luke 8, 13. The time of temptation. Now you and I don't set our watch looking for times of temptation. They come, whether you and I look for them or not. Satan is that old tempter. is such that there are times of temptation. And notice Jesus there wasn't referring to Himself. He was referring to us. That was in the midst of that parable in which He was speaking about the various soils one of them was stony ground. And the Lord said this, In time of temptation, the heart can become weakened. The heart may in fact reach the point where you succumb to the temptation. I hope you and I, as we get ready to look at the year 2023, 
will be prepared for the time of temptation because I assure you, it's coming. Are we ready? Are we making preparation so that we can appreciate the existence of the evil one? Matthew chapter 5, verses 8 and following tell us. It might well be in that lie. This next slide will even extend that thought this way. Jeremiah 51, 6. We just made note of this time of temptation, but look at that passage. It is a time of the Lord's vengeance. Our God is loving, as caring, as very much interested in our well-being. There will come a time when His long-suffering and His patience will have been exhausted. Jeremiah proclaimed rather strongly about that circumstance to those of that day, and it had reference to the coming captivity. For you and me today, it could be much sooner than that, but at the very least, it's coming on the day of judgment. How we need to be those of wise heart to discern the time. How about the next one? Isn't it a prompting one? The Bible makes reference to the time of health. I believe as we get older, we are more and more and more thankful for good health, aren't we? May we pray for it. And may we thank God when we have it. Because you and I know others who are ill, sick. They are at least infirmed in various ways, and they would very much wish to enjoy a far greater measure in health. As the Bible makes reference to that time of health in Jeremiah 8, of course, the reference there was not merely to physical matters. It was to a people who, in fact, had made poor choices. And they were encouraged to enjoy the healthfulness that would come with obedience to God. In Hebrews 4.16, a time of prayer. You and I are expressly taught that we in boldness can approach the time of prayer. We had a lesson very recently in which we gave attention to that thought. And wasn't it an interesting matter to reflect upon just how wonderful the Bible's teaching is, helping us see that we do have an advocate who will carry our petitions to the Heavenly Father, Hebrews 3.1, Hebrews 8.1. And as that happens, you and I know that even in Romans 8, the Spirit will utter groanings which you and I are unable to bear. I would point out in all that light, may we at least think of it like this. The time of prayer. Let us intend to make use and avail ourselves of the power in prayer. The next one echoes this thought. There's not a one of us that knows the time of the Lord's return. It might be soon, very soon. It might not yet be in any of our lifetimes either. But this much we know, the affairs of this earth and all that goes with it will draw to a conclusion. And everyone will stand before the presence of that great Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and give an answer for the deeds done in the body. That reading of 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 helps us be reminded that that moment, that time, if I might use that word, is going to be an occasion like none other when every person who's ever lived will give an accounting for the deeds in the body, may you and I in wisdom ensure that we're prepared and ready. As you close that slide with me, may I remember how short my time is. 
there's our word again. That's the exact statement of Psalm 89. Time short. Let's use those thoughts now to prompt a closing section of the lesson this morning like this. So what time is it? I mentioned earlier that many biblical references to the word time, there are hundreds of them. I've selected but very few. But I hope that they've at least been prompting to our thinking along this line. There's one critical, one key and crucial answer. What time is it? It's time to serve the Lord. And that was our lesson text. It's what Brother Vestal read from Hosea 10, verse 12. May I read that text again? Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till He come and rain righteousness upon you. The people of Hosea's day were such that God, through the prophet, encouraged them, here's what time it is. It's time to seek the Lord. They had chosen poorly. They had chosen to live in ways that had, were about to bring God's judgment upon them. But they were told this. Let's piece together a few of the statements of the verse. First, sow to yourselves in righteousness. There was a work they needed to do. God wasn't going to do everything. He had offered the deliverance and salvation. Now they had to avail themselves of that blessing. Is it any different today? The Son of God died for us, but we have to be the ones who believe and repent and confess and be baptized. And we're the ones who, if we go astray, have to have the mindset to return. Let's read on. Reap in mercy. If you and I will sow in righteousness, we are promised we will reap in mercy. God's mercies are great. His mercies are, in fact, phenomenal. The next part of it says, break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground was ground that was allowed to lie unused and uncultivated for a period of time. You and I remember God had commanded that. But He's not talking about literal ground that way. He's talking about certain elements of their life. Do you have some fallow ground in your life? Do I have some in mine? That would be ground. Maybe skills, aptitudes, talents, or other capacities that you haven't used. They've been lying there unutilized. God says to Hosea, time to plow that ground. Time to make it ready and usable and available and put it to the benefit that God would have you to do with it. Isn't it true the one-talent man had something, but he hid it? And the Lord wasn't pleased with that, Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14. That verse goes on to say, it's time to seek the Lord. Till He come and rain righteousness upon you. You may notice on that slide before you that there were various statements in the prophets such as Amos and such as Micah in which we find God's insistence of what time it was. Today it's that time for you and me as well. Perhaps as I talk to many faithful Christians... May I encourage us to perhaps with renewed vision think about the opportunities that might be ours in the coming year. Things we might could do better for the Lord. Things we might could do more consistently for Him. No wonder in that light as you come to this next slide, as we've looked at some of the features of that, breaking up your fallow ground, let's just offer ourselves some thought, some food for consideration. As you and I apply these things to ourselves, 
they certainly are worthy of thought. We've already mentioned some of them, but let's make an extension. Could we do better at reading our Bible? That is to say, taking a more concerted and diligent effort to spend some time in the Word of God. For isn't it true that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God? Romans 10 verse 17. Could that be something valuable and useful to you and me in the new year? Surely it would be. Would that be something you and I need to work on? What about time again spent in earnestness and prayer? Do you and I allow days to go by without sufficient prayer? Do we allow maybe many days to pass? You and I know that that boldness spoken of in the Word of God will lead us to note that the internal strength we need is likely lacking if we don't pray more often than that. We're told in 1 Thessalonians 5 to pray without ceasing. What about some other ones? Do I need to work on my consistency in the attendance of the services? Do I find myself choosing to be absent? That is to say, I could be there but choose not to. If so, I need to work on that. I need to make sure then that we follow the commandments of the Lord and we gather at the time in which His name is honored, His book is revered, His law is set forth, Proverbs 19.7, and the features of His life are encouraged upon us. Am I the kind of example to others I can be? Whether it be at my workplace, whether it be my neighbors or other acquaintances, do they see in me what might well aid them to know what it's like to be a Christian? Do they hear me talk the way I shouldn't? Do they see me do things I ought not? If so, I need to work on that. Maybe the year 2023 will be a time in which all of that is put behind us what about the other things that we might consider? We've already mentioned several. I mentioned a part about our language. What about the way that we dress? Does that give the hallmark essence of fidelity to the Lord? I suppose as we give thought to all of that, the Christian life is a very encompassing thing. It controls all that you and I think and say and do. Have you and I brought every thought into captivity to Christ. That should be our goal. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 5. One last thing on that slide is this. All of these ideas are certainly not new, and they're certainly not revolutionary, but they are remindful of time. Wouldn't it be sad to arrive when you and I get maybe to an advanced age if God blesses us that way and then we think back, I had these opportunities and yet I continued year by year to do the same things I always had. It may be that's all that one can do and if that's the case, then that's wonderful. But if you and I can serve the Lord more powerfully, more efficiently, more notably then I know that that's something the Word of God would encourage upon us. May you and I in 2023 look forward to spending our time in the way devoted to our service to God. Jesus the Christ came into this world, and I know the world chooses today to celebrate His birth. As you and I have studied many times in the past, every evidence the Bible gives us, He was not born on December the 25th. But nonetheless, to give thought to Him what He did and what He accomplished for us, that's always an appropriate thought, be it this day or any other. 
it might well be that today that there's one or more in this assembly who upon reflection and examination of your life would realize that it's time to seek the Lord. It's time to come humbly before His great throne and desire to be what He would have you to be. There's no better life than that one. No greater life than that one. No life more filled with promise than that one. Brother Eddie has chosen a song of encouragement today. It's time to seek the Lord. This is a time convenient by way of this song we're about to sing. And if there would be someone who would wish to come, we want you to know the Lord with excitement would welcome you with open arms and the angels would celebrate Luke 15, 7. And so too would we. Because we want to take every, as many to heaven as we can to go with us. We want to be those good examples of encouragement and faithfulness and obedience. And today, if we could help you as you express your belief in the Lord, your repentance of sins, to make confession of the name of Christ, and to be buried in baptism for the remission of sins. What a joyous day that would be. If you have known that way of life and have chosen to slide from it, don't you know that everything you've done can be forgiven and you can come back to a place of faithfulness and strength and the Lord again will welcome you with all the excitement. Today, as you make note of, by way of repentance and confession, we would be glad to help. Today, won't you come, if that be the need of your life, while together we stand and while we sing.